6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. All right, you just heard from uh, the Premier again selling the uh, the uh, return to summer plan from the province. You heard Dr. Hinshaw saying that she fully supports it, that it was uh, based on the the plan that was submitted by her and other uh, medical officials, officials with a few tweaks. I thought it interesting as well that the Premier saying that uh, he has heard that that people are saying that the government trying to coerce people to get a vaccine, that it's tied to the plan. You know, you get the vaccine, the more people get the vaccine, uh, the more really that you're going to get. He's saying, uh, he went on to say they will not force anyone to get a vaccine. But um, just to clarify, you know, the, the coercion part is actually there. If you do this, you get this. I think that's, I think that's pretty much yeah, how that works. But again, the premier saying it's a voluntary, uh, it is a voluntary decision. You, you decide what you want to do and, and we'll move on from there. But the fact is, is that the reopening is based on the number of people the percentage of people who are vaccinated in this province all right so what does microbiologist jason tetro think of it all jason is the host of the super awesome science show author of the germ code and the germ files jason welcome back to the show oh you know it's such a pleasure talking with you <laughs> jason oh you charmer all right uh wh- what do you think you know initial thoughts on, on what you saw in this reopening plan okay so first thing it's a really cool idea second thing it's incredibly ambitious third they may actually have a reason to be ambitious why is that because the only thing that could put become the fly in the ointment mm. okay is the uh, b.1.617 otherwise people are talking about it as the indian variant mm-hmm. okay the triple mutation that is affecting people who even have had one dose of the vaccine it's only about 30 percent effective so if that gets into our province it, it will spread but here's the thing it's already come into our province once and ahs caught it mm. so if ahs can make sure that they catch any of the uh, 617 coming into our province then this plan will go ahead and it probably won't have a hitch but that's a big big risk <laughs> so jason when did it become a triple mutant i thought it was still at a double what did i miss well um <laughs> so here's a really interesting thing um the original lineage that came out had about a you know a, a, what we call a reproductive rate um uh, about two to three in other words if you get it you might give it to another two or three mm-hmm. people right well what we have since learned is that there's a change that can occur in that spike protein that can lift it up to about three to five mm. so that you're now infecting three to five individuals. And what's really interesting about that is because it looks the very same as the common cold virus. Oh. <laughs> so the fact is, is we know how fast common cold spreads in a community. Well, now SARS-CoV-2 has figured out how to be more like mm. the common cold and because of these mutations, it makes them much easier to 
to essentially get inside of us and to create um, the potential for illness, uh, even if we have that vaccination because it's just so fast. So, you know what, we, we know that when the numbers were high, when they got really high, uh, you know, a few weeks back and, and we had more restrictions placed in, mm-hmm. uh, we, we knew that they changed some of the, the way that they were testing the samples to see right. how many, uh, you know, which strains were what. And I'm, I'm expecting and I believe I heard that when um, as numbers come back down again, that that testing will change again. And mm-hmm. so is that what you're saying, that testing of, uh, you know, maybe lower amount of tests coming through is going to give us an opportunity to identify if it comes here? Yeah, absolutely. So when they made the change to look mainly for the variants, this was essentially what they were forecasting in their activities was if we can get enough people to essentially track and trace the variants that we know can spread easier and better, then we have a better chance of being able to drop the numbers. Now, we all know that enforcement was the big issue with respect to the last wave, okay? Mm -hmm. Because once enforcement hit, boom, numbers dropped. But that being said, we now know that there could be another wave that comes based on the 617 but it looks like AHS is now prepared for it so we kind of have our own dome or shield against this particular variant we just have to make sure that it doesn't find a way to get through the cracks so you're saying it's not in BC right now not in Saskatchewan so we have a bit of a buffer what about when travels well we know that travel is happening let's be real let's not you know fool anybody but the provinces are starting to look at, you know, when um, interprovincial travel will be more of a free-for-all like it was before. What do we need to do at, at that point? What do we need to do when it comes to travelers coming from, I don't know, Toronto, yeah. wherever, out of country? What do we need to do on that front? Well, until we have the uh, herd immunity numbers or elimination threshold, as I call it, for uh, two doses, then what we're going to have to do is make sure that we have our eyes on anyone who's coming in from a hot spot. And it doesn't matter if it's India or Toronto, mm-hmm. because I don't know if you've heard, but the, uh, that, that particular variant has just skyrocketed in Ontario. Yeah. So that's what we need to be doing. And again, having BC and having Saskatchewan basically having no cases is really good for us, right? Mm-hmm. But if we were living beside Manitoba, eh, it would be kind of a troublesome situation because they're now going through this. So the reality is we're lucky. And we have the opportunity to stay lucky, if you will. And I think we can do that. And now we have even more reason for this to happen because, you know, Kenny has essentially said he wants the stampede to happen. (laughs) This is how it's going to happen. Yeah, interesting. Manitoba announcing just a short time ago that they were implementing more restrictions, uh, stricter shutdown until the middle of June. The military is on their way there as well. The situation not good in Manitoba right Mm now. Um, You know, with where we are, um, this reopening is based right now on one vaccine 12 plus on the percentage yeah. of it um you sound hopeful you sound very optimistic which uh, which i which i really like jason there's others that are saying okay though you know and let's go back to that second dose how important is that going to be well again let's just take away the india string or the 617 for a second okay, okay. what we've learned is that one dose after about 
two weeks is going to give you a fairly decent amount of protection against all the other variants. And if it goes longer than that, even up to 12 weeks, it looks like it's giving you upwards of 60 to 80 percent protection depending on which vaccine you got. Well, that's a lot better than the flu, and it's a heck of a lot better than some of the other vaccines that we may have seen in the past. So in that sense, it's really good. But here's the thing. If we are going to try and eliminate, you've heard the COVID zero, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Teresa Tam, she wants elimination. Well, in order for that to happen, that's basically zero cases for 28 days and longer. Mm. That's when you need to make sure that you have two doses in absolutely everybody so that not only are people protected from getting sick, they're protected from actually ever having the virus in them in the first place. And that's basically measles. Jason Tetro joining me this afternoon as we talk about the uh, reopening plan. This is the, what, the third edition of the reopening uh, plan. This one, uh, fairly aggressive. The, the timeline is quick. Uh, the Premier saying that if all goes well and we continue to get uh, people vaccinated, that we could be, in quotes, pretty much back to normal by the beginning of July. Jason, when you hear about full opening or, you know, the stampede, you hear about K-Days, in my mind, all I can think of is, oh, super spreader event, (laughs) (laughs) right? Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Um, You know, what are your thoughts on that? Um, It's too soon. And, And here's why. When you get to a point that you have even just a one-dose elimination threshold, enough people vaccinated, um, you still need 28 days after that Mm. because you need to monitor. And that's two times the incubation period. That's why 28 days. This is the standard process. You do this for Ebola. You do this for (laughs) things like RSV and measles. You do it for COVID, okay? So in that light, it isn't that ambitious sort of opening process where the stampede is, you know, day zero, it shouldn't be. It should actually be sometime in day 28, which is around the civic holiday weekend. So I don't agree with this um, opening simply because I would like to have that buffer there. Okay. Uh, An interesting question from Marco. Um, Says, can you ask Jason about new variants and the possibility of having our own Alberta variant? Yeah, well, believe it or not, we actually have our own Alberta variant for several viruses like RSV, a respiratory syncytial virus. So, yes, we may end up having an Alberta version of COVID-19 SARS-CoV-2. The thing is, though, is that it would probably be wiped out before it has a chance to spread because, again, of the high vaccination rate Mm -hmm. that we already are at. So, unfortunately, while we may end up having a superstar COVID-19 here in Alberta, it's not going to last very long. All right. One more question for you. Um, What about the possibility of mixing vaccines? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, that has finally started to show some potential. Uh, We know that it's going to give you the boost, just like you would get if you had the second dose. You may experience a little bit more of a side effect, but it's still minimal in comparison to what, you know, you may have heard from the antis. Uh, But what's really interesting is that if you do the mix and matching, you're still going to get protection to be able to prevent even the the 617. So it doesn't really matter what your second dose is going to be based on the results that we have now. Although I still would say if you got one, try and get that same one the second time. That's it. Mm, okay, advice moving forward for the next uh, next few <laughs> weeks here in the province. Yeah, well, I've, right now uh, we are looking at 
a really good opening, um, and, and it's going to happen that way. But again, it's coming with a lot of contingencies. It's coming with a lot of factors. So if for some reason we get to July 1st and we haven't hit that zero, don't be angry. Don't be upset. This is an, a very ambitious timeline. We may get it, and if we do, fantastic. If we don't, don't get disheartened. And, and the reality is, and we heard Dr. Hinshaw said there are, you know, we can pump the brakes if we need to. We have the 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 the, um, the rules in place or the plan in place, and we can pump the brakes on it, right? Right. The thing is, is that the first wave it was okay cases, then cases went up, and it's like, uh, okay, next one is hospitalizations, and then hospitalizations went up. It's like, uh, this one is vaccinations. Why? It will never go down. <laughs> so, I mean, you can't choose a losing number than vaccine. Interesting. All right, Jason, thanks for joining me this afternoon. It was a pleasure. Yeah, take care. Yeah, take care. Jason Tetro is a microbiologist, the author of The Germ Code, The Germ Files. He is the host of the Super Awesome Science Show. You can check that out wherever you get your podcasts.